I'm also like kind of blind when football season starts. And then this weekend, the Huskers had a good weekend and my Arizona Cardinals oh, had a good weekend. Yeah, they did. So um, yes to both. Yeah. Man, did Nebraska look really good. That was Where was that team? What the heck happened? I don't know. Whatever it was that needed to click needs to keep clicking. I'm confident and for Michigan next week. Oh, me too. I'm absolutely. Because we clicked, like you said. Yeah. So Defense kept doing what it was doing. Special teams didn't make any mistakes. Well, and offense finally got in gear. Well, I'll just say this, okay? This is a weird stat line that no one really probably paid attention to from that game. But our kicker alone scored more points than all. Northwestern's entire team. He made eight extra points. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say. I know he. I know he kicked. Did you know that over five trillion dollars exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over two hundred and twenty billion dollars an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business. We're going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. All right, guys, and welcome back to Drunkonomics, the drinking podcast with the economics problem. I, by the power of the Vix, am once more the more gracious host, James Goldwater, alongside uh, you said the it. less gracious host, Aaron yep, Wong. That is me, Aaron Wong. And uh, I'm punishing myself with a beer right now. It's true, folks. It's, it's quite the I mean, punishment. Doesn't, you know, yeah, but it's, 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 it's rough, man. It's the abstaining um, from the whiskey that I think is really the punishment, but the beer substitute, whatever, yeah, it's, it's, I'll take it's, it. It's a salve it's a sal- for the burn. You're clearly yeah, feeling exactly. Unfortunately, though, it's yingling, so it hurts me, too. Because yeah, uh, you don't have it over there, but we have it down have here. It. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Killing so me. glad uh, you guys are all joining us. Hopefully you have a nice drink in front of you. Yeah, and, so, uh, and hopefully hopefully you haven't had any problems finding us because we as, as we moved the uh, podcast around a little bit, we know we dropped off Spotify for a little while. <laughs> we, we should be back on everything. But one thing I can ask you guys really fast is if you can just check to make sure that you're still following us, if you were following us on Spotify, for no other reason than we noticed that we had to start following ourselves again. Yeah. So, of course, now it's a... It makes mm-hmm. life easier for you guys. Yeah, there are a bunch of people that reach out to us in Discord saying, hey, I had to refollow you guys and all that kind of stuff. Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And that's what clued us in. Uh, and if you're wondering how to get into our Discord, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, in- Instagram. If, if they're, they're up. up. Yeah, RIP <laughs> Facebook and Instagram for the last six hours or however long they were down yeah. for earlier today. But yeah, that you can find us there at Drunkenomical, D-R-U-N-K-E-O-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. That's much easier after just two beers, not four. Exactly. So, so yeah, check us out yeah. there. Follow us, give us a like. And here's another one. If you guys are just really quick out on whatever platform you're on, go ahead and write us a fast review. I know yeah. it seems weird, but it helps. It helps with our analytics. It also helps us kind of look at what people like, what they don't like. Try and tailor. I mean, you're definitely going to get our message, but we're going to try and make it a more fun experience for all involved. Yeah. Except the less gracious host. Yes, except for me. Okay. Well, it depends what the fix is at. Well, I was going to say, so, whoever the less gracious no. host is that yeah. day is just going to... Well, dude, this you know. this summer, I oh, well. was very gracious. And then now, look at you. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. We've entered... We've entered the fall of grace. <laughs> I'm taking a drink of yinglings right now, man. Don't do that. I know. <laughs> but, made it come out of your nose. No, yeah, no, seriously. I had to really, I had to, I had to try really hard to keep that from going up my nose. But anyways, yeah, we want to make this interactive. So uh, whatever you want us to be better at or be worse at, just let us know somehow, some way, whether it's a YouTube comment review on Apple, yeah, YouTube comment, whatever it is, a review somewhere. 
just jumping in the Discord with us and yeah. shouting out to us any of the questions yeah. for the host DM of the Feeling Kills Twitter or whatever. Yeah, that's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. So, yeah, with that said, you know, because the VIX is so high, because James is so gracious. It's been a it's been a week. It's it's been oh, it's been a weekend, it's been a week, it's been a month. Oof. It's been a cool it's season. Been a day and that's it. Yeah. Really I'll just say it's been a terrible 24 hours specifically for Facebook. Uh, yeah. between the 60 minutes interview last night and then yeah, being so down we, for six hours today. Yeah. There. So the whole thing with, with Facebook, not- the whistleblower came out on uh, 60 minutes and said, Facebook obviously cared more about profits and less about their customers. Granted, their customers aren't mm-hmm. what you think they are. The, you and I are not the customers. The customers are the people that pay Facebook or yeah. to, to get data yeah, from, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you, they can send out really targeted ads. Absolutely. This is what'll um, be interesting because you'll see most of what she sent, she sent like to the whistleblower department at SEC and she's pointed right. out it's, it seems in some cases, cause I, I, I watched most of the interview, but I haven't obviously reviewed all the documents, but <laughs> I know she made, she has made suggestions that has purported that Facebook also was inflating and misrepresenting the number of users oh, yeah. and the number of clicks and stuff. So that essentially that they- Well, they made their platform seem they, more valuable than it actually was. And that was another thing correct. that came out today during the whole thing was- And, and from an accounting perspective, I can tell you that if you're materially, if you are materially misrepresenting information or, or hiding material information from people or from your investors and to their detriment, uh-huh. that's a very serious financial crime. Like that's a, oh, that is yeah. a very serious issue. I mean, you're talking about a stock that, you know, at the beginning of the year, not the beginning of the year, but like, I mean, no, so yeah, they were summer. down 5% today. And that's a, not quite 5%, but it's still a pretty wild swing, you know, almost $20 today. Yeah. And I think that was mainly based off of the news of, of yeah, what happened yesterday. The, the interview yeah. and the other things from the night before. And it doesn't help that, that on that day while they're down. Yeah. So I was going to say they know, got their whole platform yeah, in, collapses. Instagram was down. So, hours. I mean, if you, I mean, if you're, Job description is Instagram influencer. Then you know, God bless you. In the day you might have had, today. You had the afternoon so, off, guys. Yeah, or, or that's it. Yeah, you had the afternoon off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty rough day for Facebook, and they allegedly claim that they lost seven billion dollars today. Mm-hmm. Which in market cap, maybe they did, but I don't know if you missed out on seven billion dollars of revenue because you're down for six hours. Yeah, that's, that seems a little high. Yeah, that means you make a little bit personally. more than a billion dollars an hour. Okay, Pablo. Unless you're Pablo (laughs) Escobar, I don't don't necessarily see that. And even then, he wasn't earning quite that rate. Yeah, I mean, inflation adjusted, who knows? But tough deal for Facebook, tough deal for social media. I I think all other other social media stocks got crushed too. Yeah, we're seeing, I think we're starting to see a withdrawal from... From tech, yeah, and it's and and that's known to happen whenever the you know whenever the ten year goes up to about one fifty, like the Nasdaq always gets crushed with the ten year rising or the bond markets, the bond yields rising, which I think is pretty odd. Like when you get out of bonds, what do you yeah, what do you go into? You usually go into tech. I so I don't, I mean I don't know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So. Well, so for me, what was interesting is that they kind of got. And I think it was last week on Friday they had Jim Cramer, who you know uh-huh. I don't yeah. always agree Jim, with what with what Jim's up to, but. I, you know, he, he's a, he's a relatively good communicator on financial information. Yeah. And he's very smart. And like I, he, he knows a lot yeah, of stuff. No, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying you should follow his advice, but he knows a lot of stuff. No, so. I, I think he's, I think he's often incorrect or he's correct for the wrong reasons. Right. Or but, at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the same guy who the day before, um, Bear Stearns by failed. Bear Stearns, yeah. Like, but yeah, by Bear. Like, by Bear Stearns. Why would you sell that? That's stupid. Yeah. But to be fair with the information he had at the time, you know, he wasn't yeah. wrong. It's well, just, I mean, this year when Didi IPO'd, he was time. like, buy Didi, buy Didi. And it's, well, yeah, you problematic. Know, now, 20, yeah. But, the, no, so. but for me, no, just when he said, like, I don't, he said the markets are inflated. And he said that his, that his pure basis for that was essentially 
it doesn't make sense that you're claiming there's a correlation between natural gas and the tech sector. What do you mean? It, the price of natural gas is impacting the price, the performance of technology stocks, and that doesn't make sense. Essentially, did, did he mention then, what the correlation was? Because like he said, he well, he said at one point he goes, "Of course, what he said, quote, of course, when a linkage gets this attenuated, it makes you wonder if the market has completely lost its mind, <laughs> right?" Yeah. So, but he said it's not just that; it's it's other. Essentially, he was saying, "Should Apple stock rally if ga- if natural gas falls?" you know, by 50 cents, right? It doesn't- Well, but what do you go to, like, my thing is like, what's the rotation? Like, where's the rotation well, so he's, I think he's arguing that as, as natural gas prices decline, people are moving into tech. But as it goes up- he said it doesn't- I mean, because it's been on a tear lately. So as it goes up, does it come out of tech and into- Yeah, you would see, you would, uh, I mean, I, Im- I imagine you would see the opposite, people leaving tech to go into natural gas. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at I mean, natural like, gas right now- was it they were on I mean, it was under, the 29th of September? They were talking about how, oh, if you look at the price, it's just falling through the floor. And now yeah, well, it's I mean, like, through I mean, the roof. Yeah, I mean, it was hovering around three you bucks five you know, swing. earlier this summer. And then now it's mm-hmm. almost six dollars. So you're talking about a, you know, almost 100% gain since May, really. And I think a lot of that just still has to do with, you know, everybody in Europe and the UK and, uh, and China needing energy, energy being a, a, something mm-hmm. that's super scarce and tough to move around. Apparently. Well, it's, um, if we look at China and, and we, and I really harped on this last week and I'm going to keep harping on it because it's just one of the dumber things I've seen. Yeah. We've still got, you, you China had is. China, you had China, which for months was doing safety and other things in their own coal mines, which really yeah. dip, caused a decline in the amount of coal available from their domestic sources. They, stopped importing coal from Australia from, you know, from one major supplier. Which Australia accounted for what? 48% of their imports or something like that. I forget how much it was. It was 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 48% of Chinese import of imported Chinese coal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. So of all the coal China imported into them, into China, 48% of that was, or I don't know, I forget, but it's 40 something percent was from Australia, which is a massive amount. It's a lot. That's the biggest importer of coal. Yeah, you know, when when so. you, when you decide you're not going to buy from the source that you're getting roughly fifty percent of your product from, you really hope you have a alternative sources that can that can make up for that shortfall, and they Normally. don't exist with, without driving up the price of coal, which has happened. Yeah, and they've also which is in, good in for China, Australia, which we like we mentioned last week. So yeah, because they found other customers at a better price. Yeah. The issue though is that China has started to they because they don't have coal, they've started to obviously they've shut down a lot of their industrial production. Yeah. So they've aluminum, right? So remember we talked about aluminum plants, other right. other major smelting sources. Textiles. Not because they don't have the, right. All they don't have the electricity to run them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point where one of our listeners was just hit us up. And of course, it's our guy, uh, Synthetis Bjorn. Yes, right? that guy. And he's just yeah. telling how he can't still have don't know how to say his name, but you know, I guess, still, I guess, still I guess that's your appeal. I guess uh, that's your appeal. I mean, that or at least, the, guy that or at least the funny part for you. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was talking about he has he has a smart home, so like the smart house stuff, but the servers are all in China. And so his his smart home stuff don't doesn't work. Yeah. So it's, so it's, so it's one of those things where- the servers are down and or they're having a power outage, it's like, well- you can't actually control your smart house. You can't. You, know? yeah, you can't. You can't so do those things. You get sent to the server that that through, communicates to your house to do. Yeah. You know to lock the doors so, because I want you to lock the door from my app, right? Or I don't yeah, know, exactly. So all that's apparently house, all so. it's down for him. So that's hopefully here's all I'll say for you, my man. I hope you had your house at the temperature you wanted it at for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if nothing else, man, I hope your liquor is still 
flowing because if if that's there for you then i think that if that's stopped what, yeah what that's do, that's a you know, that's a real problem that's case but well yeah no so that's cool yeah, then you're seeing it's now what china's done on top of that is they've started to import and stockpile liquid natural gas because oh yeah i did see that to, i i you know any game of thrones out there just said winter is coming it's no you know, it's october it's in the northern right, hemisphere yeah. winter's it's literally right coming it's right here you don't have to so. wait eight seasons folks it's happening now <laughs> yeah I don't know. Eight seasons is a long time, man. That was a great show, but I love that show. I, I, yeah, no, it was I, fantastic. I love the books. It, enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, it took forever for winter um, to finally show up, but yeah, yeah um, but it did. And, and last winter was pretty rough uh, for exactly I think all of China and Europe. I think really struggled. At least it from what cold. I've heard. Yeah, and, it was, it, well, between between COVID and then extreme cold. Right. Yeah, extreme, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. fantastic. And, and I think because I know Europe was trying to kind of rely a lot more on that green energy, like I mentioned last week. I mean, this whole week is really yeah. just a follow up of last week, just because last week was was just kind of all the stuff crammed into one episode as fast as we yeah, can. Yeah, so much stuff, um, and then there's yeah. more. And yeah, it, folks, there was all that stuff, and it gets worse. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this week, later this week, we're going to see that natural gas report from what's that organization called? Uh, the EIG EIA? or EIA? Yeah, it's yeah. The EIA. We're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see their which is the their ener- natural gas report. Yeah, the Energy Information Administration. Apparently, they have some report coming out on Thursday that talks about I think nat gas inventories, uh, supply chain, like the, the strength of the supply chain. Yeah. And who knows? I, this might be a giant catalyst for global markets, not to mention a lot of other catalysts out there that we'll talk about later on. But yeah, this could be a huge catalyst. As to, for for you know, me, it was a... Um for me, it was a really interesting day. Um, I won't. I won't say what co- which company it was. And what'd be really funny is that everyone who has listened to historical episodes has heard me just rail against the um, very against a lot of like the smaller fracking and drilling companies. Uh-huh. I do own shares in one. I, like I said, I'm not going to mention it. But oh, yeah, I, I did better. love getting the two the two messages in the in one of my apps today, which is like it's up five percent. It's up ten percent on yeah. the surge of natural gas. Well, prices. that's the thing about the markets. Like, well, the last about two weeks. Okay. I mean, it's been a pretty bearish market for the last two weeks, and I think what really has kept it from being an even more bearish market is energy. The energy sector oh, has yeah. been doing really well for. I mean, they've been booing the markets, and you know, if you look at all the energy names in the last two weeks, they're all up. So everybody else is down. Here's, so here's the interesting thing: if we look at kind of what the price for natural gas is in the U.S. 562 per million BTUs. If you look at what it is in Europe and Asia, they're paying 30, at least $30. Really? Six times more expensive over there than here. But, and this is a, this is a publication today, a lot of um, firms in New England, California, places that are, that are going to be importing a lot of this natural gas are sitting here now and they're like, we expect the price to go up to about $20 for the million. No kidding. Uh, ther- British thermal units yeah. for the million BTUs. This winter, yeah, you know, I've seen some things that their kind of weather projections are saying this is going to be a milder winter. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, so I can't say yes or no. Yeah. But what I, I can't don't work say for the is, farmers on one act, so yeah. I mean, hopefully, I mean, that. hopefully it so, is because the UK and pretty much all of Europe last year they were trying to move into like, like I said earlier, you know, I didn't finish the sentence, but they were trying to move into the greener energy space and all that kind of stuff, and they started building all these windmills, but they didn't really account for storage. So. The, the storage of that cleaner energy, it, it wasn't done very well. And granted, it was in yeah. the middle of a global pandemic. so Which doesn't help. Yeah. Well, that's that's historically been, if we really want to look at it, the big problem with like the, I'm all for green energy. Yeah, production. me too. I think it's Absolutely. a good thing. And storage. But yeah. the issue is storage. How do you store it? Yeah. And it's okay. If you can put it in, how do you get it out? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's right, the great exactly. thing about like solar power and wind power is it is, it is naturally occurring. You can create, you could create the energy very 
in some parts of the country very, very easily. So think of like, think Arizona and um, yeah. solar plants. The problem is when you try to move that energy somewhere else, right. solar power isn't as effective. You have problems transferring the energy, you have problems storing and then and doesn't recovering it de- the energy. Yeah, doesn't it deteriorate pretty fast as well? It's, it's, it can be very, the longer your power lines are, the more inefficient yeah, they are. That, yeah, right? So if you're trying is- to ship electricity from Arizona to... I don't know, Minnesota. Yeah. That's a pretty long line. Wow, that's really funny because like I think half the people that live in Arizona used to live in Minnesota. <laughs> well. Dude, so many Vikings fans, man. Oh my God. Uh, so many Vikings fans. Well, at least you're Arizona. a true Cardinal. I know I am. Okay. 4-0 baby. But yeah, I mean, it's um, it's pretty fascinating stuff, you know, and I, and I wish Europe and all those people, I wish them all the best, but... You know, I think this Thursday, like I said, just keep an eye out for that EIA data because apparently that's it's going to be a huge catalyst on I guess, it's, 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 the, the entire the health of the global supply chain. Oh so. yeah, it's going to drastically affect what prices are being paid. So you're seeing my favorite part is it's kind of you look at what's happening in Europe with its energy costs, and everyone's like, oh, is it is there an energy shortage? Is there an energy shortage? And it's really it's not that there's a major global energy shortage; it's that there's a confluence of smaller factors that are just kind of creating it for them specifically. So, you know, China's energy shortage is because they will not import coal mm-hmm. from Australia, which is driven to the point where their their power plants can't operate in a cost-effective fashion because yeah. they can only bill so much, but it's like, well, we're buying coal for this. We yeah. can only charge that we're losing money. Yes, yeah, so another industry is lagging, you know, and, yeah. and Europe is, is more of just like, I think there's some political falling out with, with something in Russia, yeah, uh, which kind of... St- they kind of push the snowball down the hill, but and from there, you know, more about energy because we all need to be more energetic, apparently. But what if, what's going on with the whole OPEC Plus thing? Aren't they meeting this week or something like that? Yeah. So yeah. So the OPEC Plus meeting is the the twenty three member states. So it's OPEC plus some other major producers getting together, <laughs> like at every meeting to decide what they're going to do about oil production, increase right. oil production, decrease oil production. What are they going to well, do? Are they meeting this week? Um, and, and is there some sort of announcement as to production output and all that kind of stuff coming out later this week on, yeah, top, so, on top of the EIA? So they actually met today. So October 4th. Oh, no kidding. And yeah, I, did not it know was, that. It, I guess when we were saying next week, it was, I was looking at stuff this weekend and that's where that kind of this week coming, came yeah. from. So they've decided they're actually going to stick with their old agreement. They're not going to. They're not going to increase production because of winter. So they're just going to gradually add some oil to the market. What's, what's, ever their, so slowly. what's their rationale? Um, I mean, what's what's the rationale behind that? Oh, like, they want to keep prices. In, they're happy with where prices output. are. Oh, that's all it is. So they just want to secure those so, profits at seventy-eight dollars yeah. a barrel or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. So on the one hand, it's because they don't necessarily see the need for the industrial. There's not the industrial production that requires it. They're not seeing that it's the lack of oil that is slowing industrial uh-huh. production. It's the lack of power in China, which isn't oil. It's it's not an oil issue. That's a coal. That's yeah. a natural gas coal issue. So you know, production and industrial production in Europe and the United States is not because of a lack of oil. It's because of a lack of parts or a lack of semiconductors. It's a well, it's a shortage somewhere else in the supply chain. They don't believe that it's them, and so they're not going to. I think OPEC yeah, is an not going to for this. To be honest with you, yeah, they said. I'll I think they said that they, uh, they, they. Well, they, let me rephrase. They are going to raise production, but it's only by. 400,000 barrels a day. It's not, yeah, but th- that's yeah. what they did last time. And I think Correct. I think anything less than a million, even a million barrels a day is still pretty much nothing. Well, that 400,000 so, is considered less than half of a percent of the global demand for oil. Yeah, but it's so such it's, a minuscule amount. I mean, it's like, I mean, think about absolutely. it. This, no, think it about, absolutely. I mean, think about it this way. Like, let's just say you work as whatever and you make $50,000 a year. That's like saying like, all right, I'll give you a $5 bonus every quarter. Yeah. It's almost what it's like. What they, what they like. said with the meeting was that they said if um, it will take sustained oil prices above $80 a barrel 
for a, a period of time before they will consider a sharp increase. Is it because in they're trying to make up for? Is it is it because they're trying to make I up th- for the loss? They they absolutely are. And I can, and and anyone who says that that's not the reason is is out of their mind. Because remember, the like Brent crude is at eighty one fifty six today, which is where it closed. Yeah, and which WT- but remember, it was half of that. It was less than half of that a year ago, for, and for a long time. So and, and for a very sustained period. And it was, so, it, you yeah. know, at one point it was negative. At one point. Oil companies mm-hmm. were not making; they were losing money every day they were operating. Every day they were continuing to pump oil out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, losing a lot of money and fast as well. So, oh yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. seeing a lot of these countries, a lot, a lot of companies, a lot of these countries finally getting to a point where they're like, we need to do something to recoup those losses because I feel you, but I still feel like OPEC is an idiot for that because I think you know with with how expensive every piece in the supply chain is now. I mean, it's, it, it depends, you know, what their game plan is a year from now. But I think mm-hmm. this $400,000 barrel increase per day, its output, it's pretty much nothing. I think supply chain is still going to be extremely expensive for a long time. Oh, yeah. No, that's there's no there's no doubt of that. I mean, that's what we saw if we I mean, we looked at what was it? The uh, the ISM um, reports oh, yeah. out of Europe were what that it's it's supply for the worst manufacturing. Yeah. Situation well, in 40 years, that the lack of labor. Yeah, the ISM is literally just essentially supply chain numbers. Yeah. And well, they're saying it's lack of labor. It's it's higher costs for input goods. Yeah. And let's just say that, like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I don't know what to do with my life and I want a good career and all that kind of stuff. I want a high paying job. And it's like, you know, your fastest track to $100,000 a year is to be a truck driver. In case you guys are wondering. Oh, yeah. No, it's, so. it's if you're a, uh, that's, that's the big one is if you're a, you'd have to be a truck, a, a commercial truck driver with hazardous material, um, with certifications to do hazardous material transport. And then you're going to be just fine right yeah, now. Yeah. So in case you guys are wondering, you know, you're like, hey, I don't get paid enough at this job and I'm not very happy with what I do. And I want to get a job where I can change locations every two weeks. It's like, okay. Get a truck driver, get paid hundred grand a year, and uh, next time you see me at the bar, first round's on you if that's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's so, what the, I know a lot of um, yeah. reports out of California are saying essentially that if you want, if if you want to alleviate the shipping issues coming out of the ports, what they need is either more truck drivers or some. I think what the big one was that they need more truck drivers just to move products because they can't yeah. right now. That's it's their. But that's oh, yeah. the, I, mean, I mean, there was there was a shortage before COVID. Oh yeah, the shortage, was a shortage was, was 2017. So I mean, yeah. so 2016, 2017, like that. That's when and the it shortage didn't get started. better during COVID. And- it got way worse during COVID. And I think, I mean, what's his name? Uh, the guy with the electric trucks um, that was rolling down a hill. Oh, uh, the guys from whatever. Nicola? Trevor. Trevor. Gosh. It's Trevor Milton. Milton. That's his name. There you go. So. Um, yeah, I think a lot of businesses were banking on this guy to come up with, with an actual truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not that wasn't, you mean one that, one that, one that wasn't just rolling down the hill and plugged in? Right. One that actually worked. It was the curtain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think they were really banking on him to actually come up with a legitimate product. I mean, what would really solve a global crisis right now would be if we could find a way to have, you know, trucks drive themselves and be safe and all that kind of stuff. And also, oh, yeah not be run on gas. I mean, first of all, if they, if they just were not run on gas, that would be huge. Um, but secondly, if they could actually, you know, drive themselves and all that kind of stuff, I th- I mean, that would really solve a lot of supply chain issues. I mean, so it, seriously, I mean, it, it just, it sucks for everybody that Trevor Milton probably is a fraud. <laughs> so it does. Oh, absolutely. Like he's, he's, <laughs> let's put it this way. If what happens to him is what I think will happen, then he, at least he and um, Elizabeth Holmes will have a fellow, maybe, uh, a fellow maybe, entrepreneur to talk to in prison. Yeah, maybe if they 
had a baby together that can and delay their trial. Well, I was going to say between the two of them, they can also hang out with Billy McFarlane from Fire Festival. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's somewhere in there, too. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But, but fascinating yeah. stuff, dude. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, so uh, we're seeing that cost being driven up. We're seeing labor or lack of labor. Let me rephrase that. A lack of labor at, at the price being offered, right? Because there's always... There's always a price. There's always a price to get you I, to motivate you. And I will say, to be fair, in some positions, the lack of labor is because it's a... There are not workers to fill the slot or qualify... I should rephrase that. There aren't qualified workers or workers qualified to fill the spot. So if there's a shortage of accountants, you can't just start offering $100,000 and be like, why can't we find anyone if there aren't enough yeah. accountants? Or like if you're thinking about it this way, doctors, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah, so that's, 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 it's know, not, there's that qualified. Not going to try and hire a, a surgeon that only has a high school diploma. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's a very that's a it's a very desperate gamble right there. But then, um, but then there's things like truck drivers, plumbers, oh, yeah. welders. Well, it takes skill you know, to to do that. I mean, it takes a lot of skill. I don't skill like backing and, up when I just have like a little U-Haul trailer on my on the back yeah, oh, of yeah. my vehicle. God, you got help me if I was if I was driving a, a Yeah, big I mean rig. like I'm not a handyman at all and I wish I was cool enough to be one, but man, like a lot of high demand for those jobs, like they'll they'll pay to train you. Mm-hmm. I think I think really where the labor shortage comes in is like, you know, do we have enough people to stock the grocery shelves at at Walmart? Yeah, $9 or, an hour. And it's a yeah. I think that clearly what we've discovered or is cashiers the, or McDonald's, yeah. you know, like those We've jobs. clearly discovered the answers. No, yeah, but that doesn't you know necessarily matter if 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 no one's willing to actually raise their revenue, the revenue the incomes, it doesn't matter that there's a shortage because if business owners aren't willing to pay, yeah, but sometimes business owners just can't well, pay because they're like mm-hmm. you know because they don't have the money that Amazon does. Oh yeah, yeah, Amazon doesn't oh, yeah, seem no, to no, have no, any trouble hiring workers. I mean. You know, you you keep seeing these work at Amazon ads. I'm sure you've seen those on TV. I've seen a couple. Yeah, but it's like, you know, they're paying pretty well and they're providing all these benefits. Whereas like bars and restaurants, for instance, can't oh, yeah. offer really that suffering. base salary and or the base wage and all those benefits. And the benefit structure. So, yeah, no, it's it's come to a point where obviously you're seeing in food service, there there is a severe shortage yeah. of people willing to do the work. And it's because well, what's happened is people have decided to go do different jobs, become, go work at Cisco, you know, go work at, right. uh, in a, at a warehouse somewhere and they're making more money. They're making better money. And so they're not going to go back to that. And, mm-hmm. so and so we saw that the average age of people going to work in restaurants is finally down. You know, it used to be in, it used to be mid to late twenties. Now it's down almost a decade. It's in, it's in the late teens. Oh, no kidding. Who's wow. there. And so it's a, it's a point where you've sort of seen this reset and it'll be that's crazy interesting to see how it goes i think i mean that's, but, that's uh, crazy man hopefully the supply chain opens up a little bit more i mean i i hate seeing the supply chains like this i think there's two different like schools of thought here there's the republican school of thought which is like let's end unemployment benefits and then there's the democrats school of thought which is pay people more right and i think somewhere in there we got to meet in the middle yeah i mean i i, I do I think agree if ag- there were no unemployment benefits i do think that would get people back to work but, and at the same time i think if everybody paid people more that would also get people back to work but i don't think those objectives by themselves alone those standalone goals are necessarily what's best for the country no i so, would agree with you um I think unemployment benefits as a whole should be easier to obtain and better, but it should be a livable amount. But yeah, you should be making substantially more money working. Working. And I don't think unemployment benefits should last as long as they do. I mean, granted, during a pandemic, all bets are off. So for me, I really like the German model. So the German model essentially says that if you find yourself unemployed, the German state model, they essentially pay you 
a substantial percentage of what you historically made. But as time goes on and you don't get a job, your benefits decrease and you're compelled to do things. So if you say you were an executive and you were making $100,000 a year, mm-hmm. the German state might say, well, we'll give you 85, 90,000 a year because your quality of life shouldn't be utterly Dis- yeah, destroyed. Disrupted, but yeah. by the point you get to a year out, if you still haven't found work, and you're still claiming benefit. You're, the benefit amounts go down substantially, and then they go. Oh, I like, like that model. It gets, that, that, that sounds, gets to the point where it's like it's like you can't, you don't get to own all the things, right? And well, collect forever. You have to eventually. It's you have to start disposing of assets. Exactly. If you don't have enough saved up, then you got to start going. You know, you got to start going to your savings, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm okay with that model. Like to be honest with you, like if someone was collecting unemployment, like I feel like after a certain time, it needs to. Cut, get cut in half and then get cut in half and get, you know, and then just keep going down. As far as what time that is, I don't really know. Like, I don't really have an idea of what that should be or shouldn't be. But, and I do think businesses should be paying more. Like, I, whether the government should mandate businesses pay more, I don't know. Uh, but I think personally, on a personal level, I think businesses should pay more. Either way, I don't want to get too deep into this subject because I want to start talking about what's going on with China and get well, I was even gonna more say, Before we get to China, let's just talk about the two new jobs opening up next week or this yeah, the jobs the two new jobs opening up Thursday, Friday. man. You want to talk about non-farm payroll. Yeah, but well, I was just going to say, my guy, <laughs> I know. Know there's going to be a job opening in Dallas. There's going to be yeah. a job opening in Boston. Yeah, I feel like you're pretty qualified for Speaking at least one of those jobs right? <laughs> here in Dallas. Come join me. Get, get some yinglings I down mean, here. I'd absolutely love to, but, but all I'm going to say is this. I don't <laughs> think that they want me as the Dallas uh, Fed chair. I don't think Dallas Fed president. Either, to be honest with you, you're too gracious. So it's <laughs> definitely true and, and apparently not corrupt enough. Well, so, hold on. For those of you that are wondering kind of what we're talking about or, or haven't well, paid attention I mean, to what so we're talking about. I'll, say, I'll start by saying this. Robert Kaplan, I've only heard great things about him. As a human being, I've, I've only yeah. heard great things about him. Everybody that has ever talked about him on CNBC or whatever it is has only said great things about Robert Kaplan, who is going to be the former Dallas Fed chairman. As of the 8th. In a week, yeah. So, yeah, so um, Robert Kaplan from Dallas and then um, Eric Rosengren. Rosengren, Ros- Rosengren. The Boston yeah. Fed. Rosengren, Rosengren. I don't know. But the two of them are resigning at the end of the week. COI um, stuff. Yeah, Ros- Rosengren said it's um, he's stepping down nine months earlier for health reasons. Uh, Kaplan is saying uh, that the recent the focus on recent financial disclosures uh, has become a distraction to the Federal Reserve and for yeah. for him and for people that are paying attention to other things. So what's happened is they both, as Fed chair, as, as the presidents of the, of the two respective Federal uh, Federal Reserve yep. banks, they made, they made a lot of trades. asset purchases. They yeah. made a lot of trade. They made trades accounting to several millions of dollars in the last quarter mm-hmm. that they disclosed. It's not illegal what they did. They disclosed that they'd done it, but people are looking and they're going, wow, I can't help but notice that you are mm-hmm. in many other situations. This might be considered some sort of conflict of mm-hmm. interest that, that you are making these investments. Yeah. And so they're stepping down because of it, you yeah. know, and now I'm starting to read things that suggest that this may actually be imperiling Jerome Powell's ability to be renominated. And, yeah. And so, and uh, yeah. And that's the other thing too, is Liz- it seems like Elizabeth Warren has been very outspoken against every single Federal Reserve chairman. So Rosengren, Rosengren, whatever, and Kaplan, she's been outspoken about both of them, obviously, because their disclosures. You know, to be honest, I understand looking at, it's not a good look. Exactly. At the fact that we have two presidents of federal banks, federal reserve banks, making, executing trades during this, yeah. while, while the Federal Reserve is well, so, actively- but, but the difference is like- 
you know, we all know senators and all those people, they trade in their trust accounts and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely right, so, doing so it So Kelly Loeffler like- and, you know, the big funny one that I see on Twitter all the time is Nancy Pelosi. We all know they trade. I, and, and, like, I, you know, and I'll be honest, that's a bad look too. I, I hate it. Right, yeah, it's, it's, it's dumb. But I, I don't think they should be trading individual stocks. And Nancy Pelosi, like the, the knock on her is that she trades options, right? So if you guess right on options this many times in a row – like Nancy Pelosi and her husband have, oh, yeah. raises, raises, <laughs> it raises the red flags, right? They're not legally so, insiders, so it's not insider trading. But, see, you know, but, a, a zebra yeah, isn't a no, horse, but as a whole, they look very yeah, similar. exactly. So apparently the difference between the Rosengren one and the Kaplan one is that I don't know what Rosengren did before, because I, I think he worked in the Federal Reserve of Boston for forever. He's been, he's been there for a long time. But I know that Kaplan has, before he got the job at, the Dallas Fed. I think he worked at Goldman for a really yeah, long it time. Track me. Yeah, you talk about government sacks. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he just like if he just couldn't stay away from it. You know what I mean? Because I know a lot of people like to trade just because they like the thrill of trading. Yeah, it's it's to them it's a game. They 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 yeah. see something and they want to, and it's just a, yeah, and they want the they want the money to work for them. And I you know I don't know if that's exactly what's going on with Robert Kaplan. Yeah, what I will say is that on top of on top of their resignations, the um, mm-hmm. office of the Inspector General for the Federal Reserve Board is investigating now whether they violated any ethics rules within the Federal Reserve or whether they violated the law. Now, yeah. uh, what I said is I don't believe that what they did was illegal, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm, I'm, I am not an attorney, yeah. uh, so I can't, I can't make that. Yeah, but I mean, but we all know that these guys are both very wealthy. Yeah. You know, regardless of whether or not yeah, you're- Yeah, I would say I'd have to assume you know, that they did not do something that they, that it was knowingly illegal. Y- you have to assume that. That doesn't right. matter. You know, in accounting, one of the things that you understand when legally, when you are an auditor is that yeah. you cannot have an interest in the- place that you're auditing. Oh yeah, exactly. Even if it's a single share, you would have to sell it because is a single share enough to corrupt you? Well, it all depends on the share, right? So one share of Berkshire Hathaway might be, but one share of like a penny stock probably, well, I don't know why they'd be getting on it, but like, it's, you know, Apple is, is one share of Apple going to cause you to quit or is going to cause you to fudge numbers at Apple Saver? No. Is one share of Berkshire Hathaway going to do that? Probably not. Also no, probably. But as, as accountants, they've just we've taken we've taken the view essentially of you know what it's it's a lot easier not to yeah. have it never be questioned and just never be in that position. Yeah, so like I, yeah, one of my friends who's an auditor, mm-hmm. like he was sent on an assignment to audit a company, and they interviewed his entire family, like to make sure that there was no interest, yep. no conflict of interest whatsoever in what's going on. And I was like, wow, that's insane. Yeah, like, as the accountant, you would as an accountant, you would be required to disclose. Any relationship there, any any potential conflicts. Yeah, and that's kind of what's going on with the whole the chairmen of of the Boston and Dallas Federal Reserve, because I mean these guys bought like it looks like they bought some bank stocks, they bought some airline stocks, and they bought some they both bought Pfizer, I think. Yeah, which, Pfizer. you know everyone else is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, but- they both bought into these companies, and it seems like they had a capital gain of over a million bucks each. Yeah. So, it's just boiled down. It was that they were actively trading during all this. And it's, it's not, yeah. like I said, it's not a good look and yeah, get out of the way so we can stop. So the scandal goes away. Yeah. So it's one of those deals. Like, I mean, everybody that has ever come on CNBC to talk about their personal relationship with Bob Kaplan or Eric Rosengren, they've both praised them highly, said they're great people, family men, all that kind of stuff, but not a good look. So 
I, th- I think what they're doing, you know, it's fair. I don't want to crucify these guys because, you know, it seems like everybody has only had nice things to say about both of them. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just, so, it's that they're, let's put it this way, they're out. So that means there's two new openings. So let's see what happens. Yeah. So uh, when you see the jobs report on next Thursday, not this coming Thursday, there's two of them right there. So <laughs> there's yeah. two, there's two, there's yeah. two guys. But yeah. I guess with that said, let's move into, uh, Let's let's go into uh, let's just go into the debt ceiling thing. Like what's oh sure like um, so obviously they they voted to fund the federal government until December. Yeah, uh, what day was it? Third or six or something until, like that. Yeah, through December. Um, so obviously I was wrong. For those of you that heard me last week, my just my utter pessimism about government. Well, but I guess they decided to stay open and keep paying people. Well, but so this that's is the good. thing is yeah. So they one they didn't shut down, which is great, but. I don't know if kicking the can down the road to just December. I mean, this is two months away. I agree. So what, um, what's the point? I mean, I don't think they're going to default because, they, you know, they decided to fund the government until at least then. So we're still going to be able to at least, it sounds like, issue new debt to stay maybe, operational. We've got we've got two weeks. We'll know in two weeks. Yeah, that's what they're saying. It seems like October 15th it's, is a big day. Yeah, they're, so. they're saying October 15th, maybe October 20th, maybe October 16th. It all depends on who you're, what numbers you're using. Yeah. My view is if if, if a week from now, if by the 11th, so oh, recording yeah, on the 4th birthday. October, happy birthday, Brittany. If by October, <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. If by October 11th, <laughs> there isn't substantive movement in in any direction towards the debt ceiling, that's when I, I don't want to say panic, but no, but, yeah. but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, if, if, if it's like at this point, you, the elected officials of this country have one week to I agree. have something substantial done. And if they don't, then it's just, so what do you mean by substantial? Are you guys like, doing? do you mean, you know, get, getting the reconciliation through or well, they voting either on need to, raising the debt ceiling? Well, they would need to start pushing the, the reconciliation process. They would need to start, have, have already started that by then. Right. So it's like a, um, yeah, it's like the science fair is, is oh, on a well, date I, and you I, have to, uh, cheers. and you're, uh, you have to, there you go. And you have to like, say you're trying to grow mold or something. I don't know why that would be the thing. Sure. If you don't have it, if you don't have the cultures started by a certain date, they're not going to be there yeah. on science fair day. Like, so you can't just start the night before and be like, oh, well, in a week, these are going to culture. It's, well, it's great because they should have been cultured today, which means you should yeah. have started a week well, it's ago. Like, well, right? yeah, so it's, it's like a, if you want to drink whiskey now and you're distilling it yourself, you got to start four years ago or eight years ago or whatever. You, you need to you, put you it in a barrel. the farm. You yeah, put it in a barrel a few years ago, or and, or be happy with uh with some white just, lightning. You know, luckily for us, you know, we can just go to the grocery store. And Absolutely, on a buffalo There's trace. Someone else, thank you. But that's because someone else was smart enough to put it in a barrel four years ago, five yeah, years ago, ten guy. years ago. Yeah, seriously. I mean, hats off to that guy. But I didn't think that they were going to close down because I knew that they, like right before the deadline, and it seemed like two hours before the deadline happened, it went through, and yeah. the government avoided shutdown. And I still think the problem is the Republicans really hate this reconciliation bill. They really hate this three and a half trillion dollar thing. Well, it's three. So it's here's the next sp- thing: it's three and a half trillion over ten years. So exactly. it's three hundred fifty billion a year, which yeah. is substantially less than a lot of other spending in the so U.S. So I got to ask you a question. So if a Democrat uh-huh. passes a because last week you said you know in the last twenty years the Republicans do spend more money than Democrats, and and that's completely true. But let's just say if Bill Clinton had passed something, a spending bill. If that was still finishing out its term while Bush was in office, does that mean that Bush technically spent that money? Um, or does I, I'm just wondering how that uh, works. I, I, I do understand the question. So you're asking the question of when the money was spent versus when the was money was proved, appropriated. Yeah, to for yeah. So spending. I would say I would say that usually when we make those counts, the count is who appreciated the money. Oh, regard, really? Without regard to when it was spent. Okay, 
I didn't know that. I just wanted to double check. So yeah, no, that's that's yeah. that is my understanding that you can't essentially that I can't on my last day in office sign a bill. It says I'm going to spend fifteen spends, trillion dollars and announce like, oh, the next president who is the opposite party of me spent all this money and is irresponsible. Yeah, correct, because okay. it's not well. What it boils down to is it was my name essentially signing off on whatever the law is that allows this, whatever the appropriation yeah. is, and that's where we can say, okay, this person spent that money. Even if they didn't spend it now, yeah. even if it's being spent in a different presidency, you can say it was a, it was appropriated. Yeah, at this under point Obama or under Trump me. or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I need to know. Uh, I just wanted to clear clear that up because I mm-hmm. think maybe someone else is probably wondering about that. That's absolutely but, fair. Yeah, this third and a half trillion dollars. Like, if you look at it from a really like a standalone thing, you know, I, I don't think spending three and a half trillion dollars on boosting an infrastructure is necessarily a bad thing. But I think the timing oh, yeah. of it is terrible, and I think this bill has a lot of waste in it. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, you're you're feel, once feel more free to disagree with me. Once more, not going to get yeah. a fight from me on. It's going to have substantial pork barrel spending in it. But yeah, I'm also going to say I think it's. I still think the majority of it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, but I don't want to say the majority of it because I think there's there's so much waste in this bill, uh, and there's so many initiatives, and there's so much agenda, like so so much. Well, I, I, like, so I, much political agenda agree, in the bill. But, like, well, yeah, which, but then again, Democrat, it's a Democratic president of the United States. Every bill he signs is going to be to his agenda. Of course. Well, and and every bill a Republican signs is going to be to his agenda, too. So to their I, agenda. I, I get it. Exactly. But I just, I don't know. I just think this is really, really excessive. I think what it does a lot, too, is that it could potentially put a lot of money in the pockets of their constituents. I'm not trying to accuse... It's politics. I'm not trying to accuse anybody of that, but at the same time, I definitely am because it's politics. Well, yeah. So it's, Some of it is wasteful spending, but I will, what I will say is on infrastructure spending, on uh, even wasteful spending, so long as it's not going straight into the pockets of someone who's just going to invest it in, a, in the stock market, it's going to get spent by companies paying people to do something. Which stimulates the economy. Yeah, but now there's the inflation it, concern. Is there corruption? Well, and I agree that there's an inflation concern, but at the same time, I just don't think it needs to be three and a half trillion dollars. That's my thing. I don't mind. Keep, I don't mind an infrastructure bill because of the way the world has progressed. Like I, I, I agree week, with but. you that it's it's too much spending. I absolutely agree with you, but. I'm just going to, to wit, last week when we said, I said three and a half is probably too high, probably somewhere around two and a half would be better. I still think two and a half is really high too. I mean, uh, I, which I, I understand that. But at the same time, I look at 2008 when we spent $800 billion to try and fix it. And that wasn't enough money. I account for inflation for 12 years and I say two and a half, okay, that number will probably be the correct yeah. number. Now, will it go to the right place? I can't yeah, say. Yeah, but the other thing too is like if you look at M2, M1 and M2 money supply, prior to this bill, right? It, the bill hasn't passed yet, but you look at M1, M2 money supply in the last year and a half. Yeah, I mean, the, the M1, M2 money supply is just out of control already. Oh, yeah. So but here's what I, I'll I say. Think, here's, here's kind of my response to that. Yes, it is right now. It is, it is out of control. But if you keep wages artificially low for 30 years, eventually that dam breaks and yeah, you're going to have a flood. Like you, it, it's a yeah, I mean, salaries have been kept low. Minimum wage has been kept too, too low. Yeah, well, I mean, a, and who knows? Maybe Bitcoin fixes this because there's no Bitcoin inflation, apparently. <laughs> I know, I know I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm literally trying to irritate you by saying stuff like that. But that's just my stance on it. And I think that's the reason why the Republicans are are doing what they're doing, you know? And then there's two Democrats, you know, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. Mm-hmm. Like right now, the conservatives are like, oh, these two people are heroes, which doesn't, doesn't make any sense. At you all. know, um, I look at but. if we thought it was problematic for the Fed pre- for Fed bank presidents to be making trades 
I, I would also suggest that there's a problem when you have politicians who are earning substantially more money. I do not believe politicians should be allowed to buy or trade in single in single stocks as well, because we know that Joe Manchin makes five hundred thousand dollars a year in dividends from coal alone. Oh yeah, he because the, yeah, well, well, he, well, he, he is a senator from coal country. I'm so, aware, but what I'm saying you know. is, when you make two hundred thousand dollars a year, so no, I hear you. The, the, I hear the you. issue but is I, that at I, this I, point, I, it's like I do not believe you are objective when you're when you are being paid the majority of your salary by not your job. So you're saying, are you saying that Joe Manchin, the reason why he's not for this bill, Absolutely. is because is because of his business ties with, with coal country yes. and the initiative, the reconciliation has a lot of money investing in, you know, us waning off of coal, Absolutely, yes. which makes no, I, I, it, it, it makes sense where he's coming from because I mean, all of his constituents, well, it's, the people it's, he represents, well, well, like, so many people yeah, in West Virginia I'll, work in coal. You're absolutely so right. But the problem is economically, if we look at coal, coal is a dying industry. The economic course forces are driving it, are, are making it less lucrative. Yeah. So he's he's saying, no, I'm not going to pay for this because I'm making a lot of money off it now. But he's also going to say, I'm here to protect your jobs to those people. But he's ignoring the fact that there's a huge yeah. amount of money to help change and revitalize the economy, to train the people of West Virginia to do different jobs, to get them out of that well, industry. So it's, it's you know, the thing I mean, is, it ends. And the reconciliation bill has a lot of subsidies to people that are that are going to be more depending on green energy, right? So, yes. you know, whether you like it or not, it's just that they're, it's, it's in the bill. Economic, so. economic forces are destroying the coal industry. That's not, there's no political aspect. It's, it is pure I know, economics. But I, just, I, I think what he's looking out for is like in the short term, it's crushing a lot of coal job, like coal mining jobs. Well, there aren't all that many in to be, West Virginia. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I, and, I do coal, agree with you. Coal mining jobs. I think a lot of it's contract work. I don't know if it is. I think a lot of it is yeah, contract it's, work. It's, it's well, you know, you are right. He's looking at Week. You're absolutely week. correct that it is a. Sh- he is looking at the short term. I don't think he's looking at medium or long term. Yeah. But to be fair, he's quite old. He only has a short term. Well, and the other thing too is like come re-election time because I think I mean what people don't realize about politicians is that they don't like they don't really care about very much other than getting reelected. So right. oh, abs- absolutely. So the, uh, yeah. So what happens is like this bill gets passed, a lot of coal. Jobs get shut down. I don't think the turnover into new energy is that quick. I it's, don't think. Uh, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's it's not. So and it's, it's all of a sudden. However many cold mining jobs there are in West Virginia, they get decimated. And it's like, okay, look at the jobs report in West Virginia. It's terrible. Why, why did this happen? Well, it's because this senator voted for this infrastructure bill. Oh, yeah, no. And this is hypothetically, right? No, this I, is, I, so. I, I agree with you that he's looking at the short term. He's looking at an easy solution. It'd be really hard for him to try and explain to his constituents yes, why yeah, he yeah. have to explain to them, hey, yeah, I voted against you guys because it's not in the interest. Because I think in the long-term interests of the people of West Virginia, that yeah. they need that we need to be stop being so dependent on coal. When it comes to Kristen's cinema, she gets a huge amount of money from um, from pharmaceutical companies. You know, that's uh, let's put it this way: if the law spe- in question specifically is damaging to your biggest contributors or where you are making the majority of your money, i.e., those political contributions, yeah, you're probably going to vote against it. And that's what I these mean, two th- are. This, this is the thing about Kristen's cinema, uh, cinema, whatever. Gosh, uh, whatever her name is. Like, so I obviously you know me. I'm not a huge fan of her. I oh, I, know, I she's if it makes you feel any better, I despise her as well. Okay, yeah, so. And she's from my state, right? She's, you know, Arizona. But she's like, the weird thing is like, she started off her career as a Green Party. Green Party is like a, it's it's like a type of, it's kind of like libertarians, right? I mean. Yes, theoretically. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So 
If you're in the Green Party, obviously your number one thing is, you know, you want the earth to be more uh, green, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess guess that's the best way to describe the Green Party. So you would think that she would actually like like this reconciliation bill. You would. But I I don't know what her stance is. I don't know why she's not doing it. Remember, it's, you know. Think about who's paying her. Think who is giving her her campaign contributions. They do not want it. So ergo, she will not. So who are paying her? Like, who are the people that are behind her campaign contributions? Her major contributors are um, medical and pharmaceutical firms. So why would they be hating it? I I don't know why they'd be Uh, hating it. So here's what we can say about her. So big pharmaceutical companies and medical firms donated $750,000 to her, and then she started to oppose any kind of prescription drug bill. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So she's not exactly subtle. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. And obviously this, this, this sounds like, I mean, Joe Manchin's stance, I think could be... You know, he's actually looking out for the interests of West Virginians. If you really, if you think about it, you could you could spin that narrative and not be completely inaccurate. Whereas Kirsten Cinema, Cinema, you're Sin, senator, man. Cinema. <laughs> hey, I didn't vote for her. Okay, I'm just saying. But I mean, hers sounds like it's very much a conflict of interest. You know, like a like I said, I'm not a huge fan of her. You know, but for a lot of a lot of conservatives right now, she's like their hero. And I'm like this. Like, do, do you guys realize that she's like. Like she's like as about as left wing as it gets. Or she, yeah, she was, um, and it's yeah, she was Green Party, anti Iraq, yeah, anti Iraq war. And, yeah, um, and everybody's saying now that she's moderate, and I'm like, I don't, like, I don't really, you guys really think she's moderate? I don't think she's moderate at all. But now conservatives are like, oh, who is this? Who is this lady? She's awesome. She's stopping this spending from happening, which is great. Now we all love her, and I'm like, dude, she's like the most. I think yeah, look at she, look I mean, at her look at her self interested reasons for why. Yeah, That's and it's like you, you know she tried to impeach Trump. Yeah, like she's anti, she's pro abortion, which is she's pro gun control. She's. She's high taxes, right? Another one. Like that's that's all like anti-conservative. I mean, no, I, I look at you her know? and I think she's just a. She is looking at polls in Arizona that say that they oppose the infrastructure bill, and so she's gonna she's gonna do it for that reason only. She wants to be reelected. I don't believe that she has any substantive problem with the bill. I don't. I, yeah, I think on a personal level, I don't think she does either. But yeah, like I said, I think she's just. Do I want to get reelected or not? Yep. So that's, that's all it is for her. Yeah. For Mansion, yeah, you could make the argument that he's looking out for the best interests of his constituents. Currently, I would say that he's ignoring that if if he legitimately believes that it's in their best interest to stay in the coal industry, I'd, I'd point out the industry economically has been. Yeah, exactly. It's struggling, you know, and it's and it's and it's probably better off that you do eventually train a bunch of West Virginians yeah, to get off. But you need you to know. start that process sooner rather than later because as as with the debt ceiling, if you leave it to the last minute, it costs more money, it causes more economic damage. It's it's just, it's not a good plan. Yeah. But I still think once once it gets to re- reconciliation- Well, they like, need, the Democrats need both their votes. They need those votes. two votes. Yeah, they need both their votes. And, so that's, and see, this is the point so, where, I, where I sit here and I they, say to I myself- mean, or, or if they can get one of their votes and one Republican vote, that'll take care of it too. Yeah. So they either, they either need these two to come on board or they need a Republican to cross or they need two Republicans to cross the aisle. Now, this is where it becomes very interesting. You have, you have people who now are going to sit here and I think, and I wonder, this is what concerns me. This is where I get concerned and I worry about whether we may or may not default is just, there is so much malice between the parties just that I wonder if political, if these two Democrats or the Republicans will be more than happy to let it all burn to just to spite, to so the opposition loses. Like, to be honest with you, I, I'm not going to lie. So even if the tables were turned, even if it was, you know, like let's just say Joe Biden and the Congress and Senate were 
Republicans yeah. and, you know, vice versa. To be honest with you, I think it does not behoove, you know, the Republicans on the Hill, but I think if it was the other way around too, it wouldn't behoove the Democrats on the Hill. So, Oh, I agree with you. I'll, I'll I just, say that. My argument would be yeah. though is well, that what we have historically noticed is every time the Republicans want to raise the debt ceiling, the Democrats come on board. And every time the Democrats want to raise the debt ceiling, the Republicans start screaming about fiscal responsibility. Right. And that's the thing is like, you know, it's, it seems like the Democrats don't have a problem passing a spending bill historically. And I think because of that, you know, Republicans like to take advantage of their initiatives and say, hey, look, oh, we, we passed do, yeah. a spending bill and it provided this many jobs for your state. Look how awesome we are, right? Because you're trying to get reelected. Yeah, so, and then, but then when they're not, in, like, when they aren't in charge, and the other side goes, "Hey, we need to do this stuff," that they suddenly go, "Right." Well, they say, "They oh, say, I don't know." Well, well, they, you know, and then they turn around to the same people and they say, "Hey, look, you know, these people are wasteful spending, right?" And yeah, uh, and, well, it, and they're trying it, to raise their taxes to to finance whatever their objectives whatever are. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah they're, so, they're going to raise their taxes a, to pay for the spending, and it's like, well, what are you going to yeah. do? We're going to lower taxes and. <laughs> more and, debt. And, yeah. Hang so, on. Yeah. Wait a minute. But, and it seems like Republicans, they, they spend a lot on military and there's like, you know, and I mean, I love that the U.S. has such a strong military and I'm very pro-military and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the DOD wastes, they, they waste so much money. Oh, yeah. So, Look, you've, you've, you've heard me rail time and time again about how the moment a private contractor is over budget and late. The, the government should stop paying. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm sorry. Have more, have well, you more can't accountability do there. Well, you need to be more accountable. You promised yeah. me a hundred fighter planes for this amount of money. Here's the amount of money you given me. Seventeen planes. Where are the rest? Well, we can't do it. We need more money. Like, no, you have I'm to. Sorry, you have to go you into. Promised your, me. Yeah, go out of pocket for the next yeah. eighty three planes. Give me a more accurate. You need to. It's it's not my fault. Quote. You have yeah. a, you you have bad. You had a bad quote and bad budget. Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for that. But, but hey, listen, I hate to be like this. I really got to pee, so we got to wrap it up here. I know. Um, I'll yeah, and I and I want to talk about. Gosh, dude, okay. Next week we're gonna talk about portfolio share building, whatever. Yeah, Sam Edge yeah, asked we, that in. Yeah, Sam, we we saw Instagram. the question, and I know when it was it down. Two weeks ago, so. we we said we were gonna we're, answer it soon. We were just thinking about how to answer that for you. I think it's gonna be really funny because like Aaron and I are gonna. Probably going to be, t- you know, answering two halves of the same hole on this one because. Yeah. Um, I think as different as you and I are, I think we agree on a lot of this stuff uh, of, you know, portfolio management diversification. Not that we're both experts on this, oh, yeah. but uh, just kind of like the basic stuff that p- they teach you in business school. And then kind of just um, thinking about how that, how like what they teach you in the classroom, how that should be applied in the real world. Because yeah. boy, is there a lot of stuff that when you, that you learn it there and then they go, well, go out into the real world. And so you're like, well, it's a substantially more that? complicated exactly. now. <laughs> uh, and then not to mention. So we're near that yeah, easy. And not to mention when you get in front of a thing where you actually, like when you get in front of a website or a platform in which you can start buying and selling stocks it all is gonna if it the first time you do it it's gonna look like a foreign language like even Robinhood, which is the easiest trading like i know you have your criticisms about Robinhood, but Robinhood is so easy to trade on it's insanely easy yeah, to it's trade gamified. On yeah exactly it's insanely gamified and you know even that platform was like a foreign language to me and you know i work for a broker dealer and you know the first time i looked at their platform completely different language that's like I'm fluent. Yeah, now so, it's it's a uh, now you yeah. can do it in your sleep. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll let's let's make that the main thing for next week. Absolutely. And then I'm all done with my drink. So you know, let's just uh, mm. let's just 
say, you know, Godspeed, Capitol Hill. Let's say we filled, we killed, we... Uh, yeah, we played Chestnut Checkers. Um, we, we're not senators, so I think I, that's a good head start for us. So, yeah, not that, I, <laughs> not, that I, not that I wouldn't consider running, but I would not consider running ever. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that <laughs> yeah, would that's be... That's definitely not... I don't know if it'd be fun. That's yeah, not in my sights. So, but yeah, we filled, we killed, played Chestnut Checkers. You know, real quick, I just want to say, if you also want to play, if you want to support us in our uh, filling and killing and playing Chestnut Checkers... Uh, I'd recommend yeah. getting some shirts. Grab some merch from us. That's drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, you nice. Can, uh, you two can have some sweet swag. If you check us out on Instagram, you'll notice that... We had a rocker. We had a... Yeah. Brandon. Jeez. Like Brandon out there. Thank you so much. Rocking it out and, yeah. and looking great while doing it. So he plays a five-string bass. Who does that? Brandon. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Cool shirt, man. Uh, but yeah, from there... Um, you know, Patreon, like I said, if you want to help us uh, keep the fridge cold, ice frozen. Lights on. Lights liquor on. cabinet stocked. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us on there. Help support the cause. Yeah. Patreon.com uh, slash Drunkenomics. We really appreciate all and any support. Yeah. We appreciate so, all our, yeah. our patrons and everyone else. But with that said, um, if you made it to this point, I just want to say real quick, I really appreciate you for being, um, what's that word called? I, I appreciate you guys for uh, keeping it Drunkenomical. And there you go. Keep it up, guys. Cheers, Cheers, my friend.